0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We have the former reign, the Book of Acts, and it doesn't have an Amen at the end of the Book of Acts of the Apostles. It means it's paused, so we have a break in time from the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost until that Feast of Trumpets or the ministry voice of Jesus. We see that between those three seasons, we have the Feast of Passover, Unleavened Bread and First Fruits. That's revealed to us in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He's our Passover, sacrifice for us. Christ is. Then he was buried and rose again. And it behooved Christ to suffer, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. That's the death, burial, and resurrection. That is, and he should enter into his glory. Christ is that spirit that humbled himself, became Christ the man, death, burial, and resurrection, fulfilled the law in every aspect of the law, took the ordinances of the law, nailed it to his cross, and broke down the metal wall of partition, and thereby making it a new man, Christ, then been entered into his glory as Christ the Spirit. There in the work of the ministry, entailing the body of Christ, there is an east wind. Now we find in the book of Acts that it's going to pause with a break, no amen, at the end of the book of Acts because that's the former rain. It will cartel into the latter reign, and will be fulfilled in the last great reign of His strength. The Book of Acts being the former reign, and then the last day reign of God's strength being the latter reign in the seventh month. And we find that that's in the season of Tabernacles. So in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Those are the three feasts of Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Then we go to the book of Acts. We have the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there we see the Holy Ghost was given. Now we're focusing there on the end there of the pause in the book of Acts. That still remains to be fulfilled with an amen. And we find that there is an east wind there. And we find that Paul, as this tempestuous sea, ends there toward Paul, bringing him to Rome, that he is going to, on the ship, is going to be a Euryclodon. The Euryclodon, or the east wind, is going to be a wind of the Lord that we're going to see again in the last days and the latter days, these days. It is a very important wind. There will be a north wind and south wind. These are the winds of doctrine that will be armies out of the north and out of the south. They read read about in Daniel 7 all the way through Daniel 12. And then the work of the ministry the Antichrist will come on the scene forecasting his devices and prospering. He will sit in the temple of God, opposing all that is God or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and that is that spiritual temple in Pergamus. We see that in Revelation 2. Where Satan's seed is, where Satan dwelleth. And that was already in the days of John of the apostles in the book of the Revelation. And he said that there are many antichrists that's already entered into the world, false prophets. But there will be in the last days a man of sin, the son of perdition, that will oppose all that is God or that is worshipped. He will forecast his devices and prosper. He will cast truth to the ground and not destroy truth, but cast it to the ground. He will prevail against the saints for 42 months, time, times a half, three and a half years. During this time, there will be a great move of God that he will lift up a standard against this man of sin, the Antichrist, that deceiveth the whole world, not part of the world, all the world, in all of the Christians, the ecclesia, the called out, the church, will be hated of all nations. There will be a great trial and tribulation against the saints of the living God. During this time, Jesus has forewarned us that we should not lose our souls, but in our patience possess your souls. In John 16, He said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. Yea, the times come, they're going to put you out of the synagogues, out of their churches, cashing you out for evil. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. This is calling good evil and evil good. Evil men seduces, waxing worse and worse. But during this time, the book of Acts uh, pauses with an east wind, Euryclodon. The Euryclodon is this wind of God. Now, let's take a look at that in the scriptures. In Acts, the 27th chapter, Paul's going to Rome on the ship. And he said that they had been fasting 14 days, had neither eaten any food, and it looked like they were going to be destroyed. But we see that talking about the centurion that listened to Paul, and he gave Paul uh, some liberty on this ship in Acts 27, that they should determine that they should sail into Italy. They delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one name, Julius, a centurion of the Augustus band, and entering to the ship of Adramidon. Paul said, We lodged, this is according to Luke writing the book of Acts, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia. One, Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. And when he had launched from thence, they sailed under Cyprus, and because the winds were contrary. Now in the spiritual sense, the winds of full winds will hurt the earth. Before they do, there's a sealing of God's people. Before they hurt the land, the seas, and the trees, there will be the servants of God sealed in their forehead. And that is the mind of Christ through the word of God. The same that we're seeing in the book of Acts in the former reign, we're going to see again in the latter reign, except this latter reign will be the last great reign of God's strength. We see in the former reign that it's a moderate reign. And Jesus said, these works shall you do. That's the redemption miracles of Jesus. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Open blind eyes, loose the tongue, the lame walk, and the captive went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. For there is not a trinity. There is a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, one Lord. But there is a latter rain. That is in Zechariah 10.1. Ask you of the Lord reign in the time of the latter reign. It will carry on the book of Acts and the acts of the apostles. Why? Why state apostles? Because it's given unto two offices. That is, apostles and prophets that stand as a spearhead in the present proceeding word of God just as Paul stated in Ephesians 3. Now, most fo- follow the doctrine of men and these ecumenical councils and synods of which the Protestant churches have believed the God-man and the Council of Nicaea, the Nicene Creed, 325 A.D., and the Chalcedonian definition of Christology in 451 A.D. that. According to the Godhead, they have proclaimed a trinity, which is not biblical. And this has been where the church has been in this pause from the former reign till now that we're coming into the latter reign. Many will ask, why don't we see the works of God that we see in the book of Acts? We don't see the signs, miracles. Divers, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost, confirming God's word as we saw in the book of Acts. Well, there's a pause there, and God has always had a witness. But yet, there is a time of the last great reign of his strength. One of the things that we see there in this book of Acts that we're going to see in Acts 27, and then Paul going on into the church at Rome, for his house will be open to all that will come into him in Acts 28. But there's no amen. Very noticeable that there is not a so be it. It's still in continuance. It's still in a present tense happening. Therefore, we see that in this trip under the former reign of the Holy Ghost, the apostles are giving their testimony of Jesus under the former reign. But there's going to be a last great reign, the latter reign, that will be in the seventh month that we see in Haggai too. And the sign or the signet or the seal, as we see in Haggai in the second chapter, is the rubble. Now that is very important to see because the rubable has their A word given to him, you see it in Zechariah, the fourth chapter. There are two olive trees, which are the two olive branches. They're on either side of the Lord. And when we see that the mother of James and John came to Jesus and said, Grant you that my two sons will sit upon thy right and on thy left side when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, it's not mine to give. He's in the days of his flesh. He hasn't been glorified. But he said, if you will drink of my cup there, and both of them said, we will certainly drink of that cup of suffering. And that was James and John, which we see Peter, James, and John coming upon the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus when he's transfigured in Matthew 17. Now, this is all going to tie in to the wind of God. Now, they're full winds. It's going to hurt the earth. But before then, the servants of God will be sealed in Revelation 7. But with these winds, this north wind and the south wind, he will stay... In the day of the east wind. There will be a time of great tribulation. That will be for three and a half years, 42 months, a time, times, and dividing of a time. However, God will lift up a standard against him. Just as we see that this east wind comes in there for the will of God to be done. Notice that, and we carry it on in the book of Acts, that, 27th chapter, and they're leaving from Cyprus, sailed over the sea of Cilicia, Pranphylia, and they come to uh, Mara, a city of Lyria. Verse 6, And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. Now, we got a change of ships. And when he had sailed slowly many days and uh, scarce were come over against Nidus, the wind not suffering us. Note of the winds. We sailed under Crete over against uh, Salmone. The winds are very important because there's an east wind here that's going to dominate. And he says in verse eight, and hardly passing it, came to a place that is called, their fair havens, nigh wherein to was a city, of Lycia. Verse nine, and when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed. Paul admonished them, they'd been fasting, and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, then Centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious, to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenicia, and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete and life toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, now we're going to see that this is a type in the spiritual sense of the north wind and south wind that we see of the armies fighting each other in Daniel 7 of the four winds, their strove upon the great sea. And we're going to see this in Daniel 11. The north an army come again against the southern army. But there's going to be the wind of God, the Euryclodon, the east wind that's going to prevail. And this is very important as we see that we're going in from the former rain to the latter rain. And it says, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. Being not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind. Now this is the same thing that happened when Jesus constrained his disciples to pass over, we must go over to the other side. There's going to be a time that the church will go into birth pains. And this will be the time of all these things, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. These are the beginning of sorrows, famine, pestilence, sword, and bees. These are the times of sorrows or birth pains, for the church to bring forth Christ in them, not to destroy the church, but for us to destroy our flesh, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, to bring forth Jesus in us, the last Christ generation that shall be counted for the seed. This tempestuous wind is called Euryclodon. That's the east wind. That's the wilderness wind. That's the wind of heaven. That's the wind of God. And when the ship was caught, and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. In other words, they had no control. And uh, running upon a certain island, which is called Claudia, Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat. When, uh, which they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, straight sail, and so were driven. What's driving them? This tempestuous wind, the east wind. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day, notice that third day, it's in the third day, God will raise us up and we will live in his sight. It is all prophetic. And in that third day, we went out with our own hands, the cast out with their own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many day appeared and no small tempest lay on us. Remember that tempest, the tempestuous wind was the east wind, the Euryclidon. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That's the reason uh, that the disciples that Jesus compelled to go to the other side And then a great storm came upon the disciples. Jesus there did not go over with them, but compelled them to go to the other side. When this great wind hit them, they cried, We perish. That we perish has the gematria of 600, three score and six, or the chi, k, z stigma that is, that Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh. It's a cry that the people of God will think that God has forsaken us, that there's no hope, just as it is here in the former reign, so shall it would be in the latter reign, except greatly uh, increased, intensified. When we find that all hope to be saved was lost. And then when that happened, Then, long abstinence, Paul stood forth. Watch it now, the word of God, in the midst of them, and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And this remembers in the third day. Send the third day that I will raise you up and you live in my sight, or the third thousandth year, which in prophetic terms is the year that we're in now, the last. Of the latter days and now Paul said in this third day I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship in your patience we will possess our souls notice that he says for there stood by me this night that's the night of judgment this night Watchman, watchman, what? What of the night? Watchman, what of the night? Let's watchmen watchman on the walls, hearing the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war, and warning the people. The trumpet, ministry, voice of Jesus. The night cometh, and also the morning. If you will return, return, come. Return to the Lord Jesus Christ, for He is the one that's doing this. He's the one that has torn and he will heal us. He is smitten. He will bind us up. You'll see that in Hosea six It's to get us to turn to the living God in the present truth, the preceding word of God. And they said, in the second day, he will revive us. But now this is in the latter rain, uh, there in the last days, the last great rain of his strength. The same that's happening in this former rain with the east wind or the Euryclodon, this tempestuous wind. And Jesus comes walking upon the water and delivers them. This type, that and the shadow, Paul standing in this same, in this word of God that was from the Lord, from the angel that stood by him this night. The angel of God said, there stood by me this night, the angel of the Lord, which, whose I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God has given all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be, even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth, at fourteenth night was come, notice it's still night, That 14th is the number of salvation. It's a double seven, seven perfect number of God, perfect number of God. 14 is the number of salvation, 15 for rest, and 16 there in deliverance, and 17 is the work of God, the number of the work of the ministry, which is the seventh prime. And he goes on and says, howbeit there must be cast upon a certain island that 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adrian. About midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they'd gone a little further, they sounded again, found it 15 fathoms. Thus, fearing lest we should come upon, fall upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. We're waiting for that daybreak. The night cometh, and also the morning. If you return, return come. There we have to abide in the ship of thine, regardless of being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We stand firm and being established in the doctrine of Christ. We want to understand that this east wind is a tempestuous wind. It's the wind of God. It's the wind of heaven that God uses in judgment. And that's what is going to prevail in this latter rain. We will see that this woman, there will be a great sign in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, the moon on her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars. She cried, travailing in pain to be delivered. That's birth pains. When it's kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. Wars and rumors of wars. See, that you be not troubled. Here we are in the book of Acts doing it again. But there's an east wind that comes in a tempestuous wind. That's going to drive them to the shore. It's going to drive, and in the last days, for the woman to bring forth Christ. Christ in us. Now, the book of Acts is going to end, not with an amen, with a pause. And what he says what Paul says when he gets in Rome that he will state Isaiah, stating uh, that well hath Isaiah the prophet spoken of the people And he said, go unto this people and say hearing you shall hear and uh, shall not understand they cannot, Perceive and understand the word of God. The wicked cannot understand these things. The righteous shall understand. But that's obedience unto righteousness, walking in the light as he's in the light, and obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. He goes on and says, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. They have ears to hear, but they don't hear eyes to see, but they don't see. For the heart of this people, that spirit, is rat wax gross. Gross darkness upon the people. And their ears are dull of hearing. They can't hear the word of God in the present truth. They're after the things of the world. And their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, And understand with their heart, not with the mind, with the heart, with the spirit of man, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, unto you, that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. Now, that's been open now, through those two days, and now we're in this third day. Now, let's see what that east wind is. Now, in Hosea, that Euryclean, that Paul is experiencing in the former rain, that we're going to experience it in the latter rain. It's going to be a wind that drives us. It's going to be a wind that we see in Hosea, the 13th chapter and verse 15. Though he be, we're talking about Ephraim, Israel. The 10 northern tribes called uh, uh, Ephraim, double fruit there. And it says, notice the travail of this woman in Revelation 12 is attributed also here and referred to in Hosea 13 and verse 13. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is hid. That's verse 12, then 13. Well, what's the iniquity? Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. That's the iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, the body of Christ that's not in the present proceeding truth of the word of God is in iniquity. We cannot stay newborn babies. We can't stay little children. We have to walk on the light as he's in the light unto perfection. And that's not just young men. We have to grow up to be full fathers. Uh, That's known him that's from the beginning. That's 1 John 2, 12-14. Those will be the only ones sealed with the seal of God in their foreheads, which are the servants of God. And because iniquities abound, many will wax cold. The love of many will wax cold because of lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God. And there will be perils of brethren immense foes will be those of his own household within the church. And we see that in Hosea 13, verse 13, the sorrows, birth pangs of a travailing woman shall come upon him, Ephraim, Israel. He is an unwise son. He's a son, but he's unwise. Why? For he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children now we've got to bring forth in the church that man child christ in us into the fullness of the measure of the statue of jesus christ their national israel will be saved in one day that turn their heart to god in one day through the church's mercy that's the day of the lord that's the day of the east wind now when we talk about that east wind He goes on and expounds on what this travail of Ephraim is in bringing forth children to the church. We're bringing forth Christ in us. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ in the work of the ministry, four times, times, the of time, three and a half year, Jesus' ministry that will fulfill Jesus' week. He was cut off and in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And... uh, he will confirm this covenant, which Jesus is that covenant, with the people for one week. And in the midst of the week, he'll cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease, which he did on the cross. But there remains another three and a half years, 42 months, time times and a half, of the Jesus ministry that you read about in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, and Revelation 12, the work of the ministry which all the body of Christ, Every individual, particular member in the body of Christ is called for. We must do the will of God in order to have access and obtain entrance into the kingdom of heaven, as Jesus stated in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. He goes on and states in Hosea 13, verse 14, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death, O death, I will be thy plague. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. In other words, there's no escape for those that literally did not and deny the power of God unto salvation and the free gift of God for salvation. That death, there's no way they will escape that except in and through Jesus Christ and him alone in the Revelation. Of Jesus Christ, that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. Only one God there, not a Trinity, not a Tunis, not a Oneness, where the man's not God but has God in him, but the true doctrine of Christ, and that Christ is every office of the Spirit. Christ is the Father, Christ is the Son. There's only one Spirit there, revealed in many different functions. That will be the only salvation there is. There, it says in verse 14, there of Hosea, 13th chapter, though he be fruitful among his brethren, talking about Ephraim. Notice what he says. That an east wind, there's that Euryclodon of Acts 27. That is where the pause is in the book of acts of the apostles which will be the the literal spearhead the apostles and prophets those two offices in the spearhead last day work of the ministry in the present truth and this east wind shall come the wind of the lord this is god's East wind, Euryclodon, that God uses in judgment. And it shall come up from the wilderness. That is a dry wind, a wilderness wind, not to purge there, uh, there, but not, not to fan nor to purge, but to not to cleanse, but for the judgment wind of God. And it's a wilderness wind. It comes up from the wilderness, the Euriclidon, the east wind. And his spring shall become dry. It's a dry wind. And his fountain shall be dried up. That is, there's none shut up or left, and their power's gone. It's to bring us to the revelation of Jesus Christ that he alone is God and there's not another. He shall spool the treasure of all pleasant Vessels. Samaria shall become desolate, for she hath ex- rebelled against her God, rebellion. They shall fall by the sword, their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women with child shall be ripped up. Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity, and because iniquity will abound. In uh, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, the love of many will wax cold. Now this wind is what Paul and the apostles are in the last day in that former rain in Acts the 27th chapter are experiencing it. And it's nothing they can do. It's driven of God. It's a wilderness wind. We'll find it again in that sign there of the Sabbath. And we find again in the east wind there in Ezekiel 19 and verse 12. And we're talking about the princes of Israel. Here again, we're talking about Israel. We have a spiritual Israel now. That is not the circumcision, that of the flesh. But he is a Jew that is one inwardly, the circumcision of the heart in the spirit whose praise not of man, but of God, of Romans 2, 28, 29. So there is a spiritual Israel, and there's a natural Israel. In the natural, as goes natural Israel, so goes the spiritual Israel in the spiritual sense. And we find here that in Ezekiel 19, that talking about the princes of Israel, and she had strong rods for the scepters of them that bear rule. And her statue was exalted among the thick branches. And she appeared in her height with a multitude of her branches. Blessed of God. But she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground. And the east wind, then again, dried up her fruit. Her fruit. We find in Deuteronomy 32. This is sealed up among God's treasures. Well, all treasures are in Christ Jesus, in whom are hid. All treasures of wisdom and knowledge in the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2. Well, what is it? This is not sealed up among my treasures, saith God. For the Lord will judge his people. We're talking Israel here. And repent himself of the evil, the the raw, the tribulation, the trouble. When he sees... Their power's gone. Not Holy Ghost's power, their power. We must come to the end of our flesh. And there's none shut up or left. Why? So you will see that God said, I am God, and there is none other. I know not any. There is no other God junior in heaven. There's no second person of the Godhead. There's only one God. God said, I know not any. There is no other God in heaven beside me. I know not any. I kill, I make alive. That's God. I wound, I heal. That's God. Shall there be evil in the city and I the Lord God have not done it. This is God's east wind, the Euryclodon. This is the pause in the book of Acts, which will cake up again in the latter rain, the last great rain of his strength in the fruit harvest of God, bringing forth fruits unto salvation. And he says here, The east wind dried up her fruit. Her strong rods uh, were broken and withered, and the fire consumed them. This is the consuming fire. And now she is planted in the wilderness in a dry and thirsty ground, and the fire has gone out of a rod of her branches, which hath devoured her fruit, so that he hath no strong rod to be a scepter to rule, this is a limitation, shall be for a lamentation. Why? Because when God puts this east wind there, it will drive us to that place that the woman will be crying, travailing in pain to bring forth a man child, not to destroy us, but to mortify the deeds of the flesh. We see it again in Jeremiah. Notice that in Daniel 12, that God said, after God has accomplished to scatter, the power of the holy people, the church of the living God, the holy people, then all these things should be finished. And the Israel of God was scattered abroad. James said so to the Israel. The tribes of Israel, the church of the living God, scattered abroad, the diaspora. And we find that in Jeremiah 18, that verse 16 to make their land desolate, and a perpetual burn hiss, uh, uh, hissing, every one that passeth thereby shall be astonished, and shall wag his head. What is happening? And I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. Well what is that enemy? O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger. God's rod is the Assyrian. That is Isaiah ten verse five. And the staff in their hand, the Assyrian, Asher, that staff in their hand is God's indignation. Well, why? That we, the people of God, it says that we are to hide and go into our chambers and hide ourselves for a little while. Enter enter into thy chambers. The chambers is the priest's treasures of the word of God. We're preparing an ark to the saving of our souls, a chamber of the priest chambers to enter into. And God said, enter into your chambers, the priest chambers, and hide yourself for a little while. For how long? Until the indignation be overpassed. And my anger ends in their destruction, just as it was in the days of Noah. Noah prepared an ark for the saving saving of his soul. What are we preparing? We're preparing the priest chambers that we will enter into and hide ourselves into those priest chambers, the treasures of God, which is Christ, for in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And in that Christ, we will be hid in him. We find that in Revelation 12, that there will be a flight. There in the winter on the Sabbath day. What is that? There will be two wings of a great eagle given to us, the woman, where we fly up into the wilderness where we have a place prepared of god what's bringing us into the wilderness the east wind the wilderness wind where we have a place prepared of god we didn't prepare it god did who got us there the the wind uh, uh there of doctrine of uh, this wings of an eagle well the the wings are what you flap on the wind of doctrine And two wings of a great eagle are given to us where we fly into the wilderness, not to heaven, not a rapture. We fly into the wilderness where we have a place prepared of God, where we're nourished from the face of the serpent. The face of the serpent, the face is always that glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But the antichrist will show his in the face of the enemy, of the face the dragon shows him, In the face of this Antichrist, where we're nourished from the face of the serpent for a time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, not raptured into heaven, uh, pre-tribulation rapture, but going through it, through the seal of the living God, being sealed by that Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Word of God. Sealed of the servants of God in there for him with the mind of Christ. And he says, I will scatter them. How is he scary? scattering scattering the body of Christ? After he, scattered, after he scattered the power of the holy people and this gospel, as it was in the book of Acts, in the former reign, there were abode at Jerusalem on the apostles. Why? Because the church, all the saints were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching and teaching the kingdom of God, what will happen in the latter days, as it was in the former reign, except with greater intensity and power, that God, through the scattering of his saints, that he will scatter the power of the holy people, and they will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness of all nations, and then the end will come. How are they scattered? Well, Here is that Euryclodon again, the east wind that we see in Acts, the 27th chapter, and the book of of Acts pausing in the 28th chapter, showing us that what God will do here in Jeremiah 18 and verse 19, and I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. That's how we're scattered. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Now, that was words against Jeremiah of this true work of the ministry, and the the prosperity church won't receive this, because they say that's too hard, that God will not do that to his bride, to the church of the living God, not realizing that this is to mortify the deeds of the flesh, that our power's gone to bring forth the Christ that's in us. And those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. There's no other way. There, there's that east wind. We see it again in that, uh, in Isaiah. We've seen it in Ezekiel. We've seen it in in Jeremiah. We see it again in Isaiah. Isaiah said uh, there in Isaiah 27 and verse seven, when he's talking about the work of God, a strange work, bringing to pass his act, his strange act in Isaiah 28. The preceding chapter says, Hath he smitten him? Well, what is happening? The, the rod of God is upon the people of God, the ones that he loves. Everyone that he loves, he chastens. That's the rod. The rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked, only on the righteous. And who that God, him that God loveth, he chastens. And if any man be without chastisements of which all are partakers, then are they bastards and not sons. Now, no chastisements for the present time seems to be joyous, but afterward yields, yields the peaceable fruits of what? Righteousness, which yields holiness in the divine nature of God, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. Now, only the true believer in God will see that. And that's what he's saying. But they'll be wondering. There, he said, here's the faith and patience of the saints. What is that? That he that killed with a sword will die by the sword. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. As it's been done unto you, there's a balancing of the clouds. When it comes in with tribulation and persecution, that works patience, which works experience, which worketh hope, there's a balancing of the clouds you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. If you're partakers of the sufferings of God, 1 Corinthians 1, you'll also be partakers of the consolation in direct proportion. But they will ask one another, is that in retrospect, the balancing of the clouds? Is God giving them the same reward as uh, they suffered? And here's what it says in the book of Isaiah. God said, fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and thorns among me in battle. No one can stand against God. I would go through them. I would burn them together. There's nothing we can set against God to do our will. Or let him take hold of my strength, God said, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. He shall cause them that come of Jacob, what? To take root. Israel shall blossom and bud. Now, this is not just planting trees in Israel. We're talking about a time when Israel will rule and all the nations of the world will be blessed in Israel during the millennial. But he says, but the church will also, in that time of time, times a half, three and a half years, in the spirit of Elijah, will preach this everlasting gospel of all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. So Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. Watch, hath he smitten, smitten him as he smote those that smote him? Is God smiting the enemy with the same little balance that he smote Israel to begin with? That's the nation of Israel as well as the church. Of, because we're the church of the living God is not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him as goes natural Israel, so it goes spiritual Israel. In the natural sense, spiritual sense. When we see that, then they ask, have God smitten him, Israel, as he smote them that that smote him? Is he literally referring the, and re, re-rendering the vengeance upon those that come against the church of living God, the saints, as those enemies... Uh, of the church, smote him? Is it done in the same measure? And that's what they're asking here. Or is he slain according to the slaughter of them that were slain by him? Is God rendering the judgment according to what was done to the church or was done to the nation of Israel? Well, in measure, God's measuring this. When it shoots forth, They will debate with it. Why? Because he stays his rough wind in the day of the east wind. He stays the north wind and the south wind in the day of the east wind. God has his way, and in that day of the east wind, he will recompense vengeance upon all those that were against him and against the church of the living God, because if you do it one to the least of these God said, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And that is not only for the nation of Israel, but for the church as well. Go and defraud that, not your brother, for God's the avenger of all such. This is that day of the east wind. There, and Israel, the nation of Israel, after the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, the last one is saved, then God will turn that his attention to what he promised in that covenant, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the fathers, that he will make Israel a great nation. And that will happen. We find it again in the Psalms. In Psalm 78, that uh, in verse uh, 25, man did eat angels' food, and he sent them meat to the full. How did he do it? He caused an east wind, Euryclodon, to blow in the heaven. And by his power, he brought in the south wind. That's how he rained flesh upon them, as dust, and feathered fowls like the sand of the sea. He let it fall in the midst of their camp. How? There's an east wind of the wind of God in heaven. We see it over and over again. Take a look at Psalm 48, God having his way with a woman in travail. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled They passed by together. They saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there. And pain as a woman in travail. Now, the church will go into travail to bring forth Christ in them. The man child cut up to God and to his throne in throne room revelation. Not Pentecost or glory but the glory of the golden oil of throne room revelation of Jesus, the last great reign of his strength. But because they have troubled the people of God, you which are troubled rest with us because God will render tribulation to them that have tripled, tribulation or troubled you. We find that in Second Thessalonians, uh, that first chapter. God will render the vengeance to them even as they have done it to you. This is the faith and the patience of the saints, that he that led into captivity will go into captivity. He that killed you with a sword, they must die by the sword. Then he saw it and marveled. He took hold of them there in pain as of a woman in travail. What? He thou breakest the ships of Tarshish. How? With an east wind. There's a Euryclodon again. He's going to destroy the ships of Tarshish, the merchant Merchant merchantmen of this earth were rich by the abundance of her delicacies. God, and rich in the things of this world, God will destroy. Take a look at Exodus, how God did it in the days of the Exodus of Israel from Egypt. And it says there in Exodus 14 and verse 21, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, the Red Sea, as the Lord calls the sea to go back. By a strong east wind all that night. In that night, that judgment comes upon the earth. It is done by God's east wind, the wind of heaven. The Euryclodon, he did it in the book of Acts in the former rain. He's going to do it again in the latter rain, except greatly intensified. Instead of just destroying the gods of Egypt, no more will they even remember that. It won't even come to remembrance because God will destroy all the gods and famish all the gods of this earth. All in the world that are the gods and man-made doctrine will be destroyed. How? By an east wind, by the wind of God. He stays the, the rough wind in the day of the east wind. And he says by a strong wind, it's a strong east wind all that night. It's in the night visions. It's in the night visions that they see a chariot of men, a chariot of horses, a chariot of camels. What is it? And they cry to my hearing, a lion, a lion, O Lord. Well, what is that? You've awaked him. You've waked the lion of the tribe of Judah. You have aroused him up. And he has stood up and all uh, in heaven. There's silence because the Lord has risen out of his place to take judgment upon the earth. And he said the strong east wind all that night, because it's in the night that judgment upon mankind, and hath made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. We find here all through the word of God the judgments that he did with an east wind. That, that wind of God there that he spoke of, that he strikes. With the east wind there of the uh, put locust upon there, uh, you'll see it again all through the judgments of God and the exodus of Israel from Egypt. You'll see it again in Exodus, uh, uh, the thirtieth chapter, uh, verse twelve. The locust. Uh, he talks about the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the land of Egypt for the locust. Now, we're going to see the locusts again. Now, this was in the natural. Now, we're going to see it in the spiritual under the fifth trumpet in Revelation 9. And there will be locusts, and they will have hurt in their tails, and they will hurt men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. So, church of the living God that has that seal will not be hurt of them. They will be in their chambers. They will be sealed by the seal of the living God. But Those that do not, these locusts will literally have sting and torture those men for five months that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. They will seek death and will not find them. In in Egypt, there we find there are locusts that they may come upon the land of Egypt and every over the land, even all that the hails left, and there's going to be locusts. How did he do it? And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind. That's it. You're ruckling in again. Upon the land all that day and all that night, and when it was morning, the east wind brought the locust. It's going to happen again in these last days. That east wind, you'll find that east wind also in Genesis 41 of the, the last day work and the judgments of God. He spoke of uh, that in Egypt, there was going to be seven years of plenty. Then there was going to be seven years of famine. Seven, you'll always find in the book of sevens, which is the book of Revelation, book of prophecy. It's the feast of prophecy, the feast of sevens, the feast of tabernacles, the feast of gathering. The feast of all feasts is in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave in him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, sentence signified it by his angel unto John, which is in the spirit of Elijah, which will bring forth that last day, last great reign of God's strength. And it says here that God there is going to smite the land and he's given this dream to Joseph to give to the king of the Pharaoh of Egypt. Notice there are seven kind, the heifer that brings forth, and it says in in uh, Genesis 41, came to pass at the end of two full years uh, that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, they stood by the river, and behold, there came up out of the river seven and fav- well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in the meadow. These kine are heifers, female cows, and behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean flesh, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and the, and the lean-flesh kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke. Now, obviously, the dream there is prophetic. And he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up on one stalk, rank and good, and behold, seven thin ears uh, and blessed with the east wind sprung up after them. Notice that east wind, you're rickling in again. And that judging wind of God, the wind of heaven, that dry wind, the wilderness wind, God fulfilling his purpose. And the seven thin ears devoured, devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. It came to pass in the morning that the spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them his dream, and there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Why? Because the wicked cannot understand these things. It's prophetic. It's only revealed by the Holy Ghost. And, of course, Joseph is going to give that. We find it again there. Joseph will give him the dream and what it is, and we're going to have seven years of, of good and then fam, seven years of famine. And he goes on in verse 22 of chapter 41 of Exodus, um, Genesis, and he said, I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up, one stalk, full and good. Notice what he says, Joseph's interpretation. And behold, seven ears withered thin and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. Notice that wind of God. It's the, it's the wind of the Lord jo- Jehovah God, Almighty Jesus. Not a trinity, not a two-ness, not a oneness, but a Jesus' only doctrine of Christ, the Lord showing his vengeance, the Lord Jesus himself, that he is God alone and not another. The thin ears devoured the seven good ears, and I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. Now this is going to cycle again in the last days, prophetic, prophetically. The seven good kind are seven years, and the and seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one, and the seven thin and ill favored kind that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty. Years blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. Notice that east wind again, the Eurycladon. It's in the former rain in Acts, the 27th chapter, and it ends there not with an amen. It's still in process, a preceding word of God. And as it was in the days of the former rain that God scattered abroad the saints, said, whenever we're preaching, teaching the word of God, they're the kingdom of God. There he will do in the last days. And all those, those holy ones of God, the watchman upon the wall, that he has called us as watchman. Watchman, what of the night? The night is coming of the east wind. The east wind is your It is a, a wind not to fan nor to purge. It's a fan that God is using in judgment. And there we, the body of Christ, must be. Forever settled in the doctrine of Christ, that we will be sealed, that we will have our priest chambers to enter into, which is the sealing of the word of God, that we will enter into for a little while until God's indignation be overpassed. Then God's anger will end in the, the wicked's destruction. Well, there you have it, that east wind. There's much more to be said about the east wind, but it's yes, a small capsule description of what the last day church of the living God will face not for our destruction it's not again for our destruction but to bring forth the Christ in us for we are troubled on every side but not distressed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of our Lord Jesus would be manifest in our mortal bodies and this light affliction, which is only but for a moment, it works for, for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Know that it's coming. The There, it falls there in the book of Acts. It will pick up again, and it will be there, a very pronounced there emphatically in the latter reign. knowing the work of God that he is and for the work of the ministry, that it is a strange work. Bring the flesh, his work is strange work, his act is strange act. Don't mock at it, lest our bands be made strong. He is speaking to the wise there in the wisdom that, to them that are perfect, that have a mind that they go on unto perfection. Only those will hear the wisdom of God. Paul states and there, in that Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost, that he speaks wisdom only to those that are perfect. Because only those that are perfect, pressing toward the mark for the prize, will hear the word of God and have ears to hear and eyes to see the revelation of the word of God. There, we'd like for you to contact us. We'll all work together. We're just scraping the tip of the iceberg what God is doing in this wonderful, great last day work of the ministry. We're in it now. And those that have an ear to hear will hear what this Spirit, the Holy Ghost, Jesus himself, in the voice of the Lord, is saying to the churches. Contact me, leave a message, and I'll get back to you that we can work together. My country code is plus one, area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message there, and I'll get right back to you that we can work together in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, Preparing for this last great day, work of the ministry. Until then, I pray the Lord Jesus Christ perfect that which is lacking in every one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.